So today we're going to talk about what that means, what is the failure of dating in, in college, and I'm actually going to give you a solution, all right? Now I know that that sounds like, uh, like what a lot of adults say. They say they're going to give you the solution and you don't believe them for about 15 to 20 years. And then you start believing them. But maybe this time you might believe earlier. So that's my prayer for you today, is that you believe what I say. And today is going to be a little controversial. If you didn't hate me before, it will happen today. So, um, when it comes to dating on campus, there are some of you that are frustrated because in order to date, uh, a young lady, um, there is a very long and treacherous process. Uh, for some of you, it means you have to infiltrate the friend circle, um, become kind of fake friends with them so you can get to know the one you actually care about, and then uh, finally be able to ask that person on a group date and then do that for a while, and then go on an actual date in the dining common alone with that person, in which case you are picking out rings at that point. <laughs> you're, because obviously, I mean, if you're eating in the same location alone, uh, then you're obviously ready for marriage. Um, some of you are frustrated because of that very thing, that one-on-one -on -one dating on campus has turned into such a huge deal that to go to a one-on-one -on -one date with someone on campus is, uh, you're almost never accepted to do that. If you do it, then there's all kinds of gossip about, uh, about your imminent marriage. Some of you, on a more serious note, are frustrated because when you have begun dating a young man, he starts off pretty nice and then turns into this domineering um, jerk who uses the Christian religion to hold sway over your life and starts treating you like you have to submit to his every word, otherwise you're not a good Christian. There are some of you that are frustrated with dating the young men on campus because you see that there are many young men who are, who, well, how do I put it, haven't become men yet. Um, they're not necessarily looking for a wife, they might be looking for a mom. And this happens a lot. See, I can, I can say hard things to the guys because I am one. <laughs> and so, and guys, I know today is not going to be an easy day for you. The next few minutes are going to be rough. Um, but when I tell you what we're going to read in Scripture today, I think you're going to think I'm going to be going after the young ladies, but that's not the case. We are going to talk, to, I, mean, I have some encouragement and some words for the young ladies, but I have a lot to say to the young men today. So if you would, 
Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Yeah, we're going there. We're going to start at verse 15. And I'm going to pray my dyslexia lets me read this like a normal person all the way to the end, because there's a lot of verses, and this is the worst part of ever speaking in public. I don't mind talking in public, but reading in public is agony. So bear with me. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine whereas is, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto the Lord and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of the Lord. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Okay. The context of what you just heard is in the context of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, which tells us, as Christ's body, the church, that we need to be followers of God as dear children. In other words, imitators. How do we imitate God? Well, he goes on in that chapter and talks about how we need to walk in holiness because this is how we love each other. It says in verse 2, to walk in love as Christ hath loved us. And he goes into what it means to be holy. That's about three, uh, verses 3 through 14. Then when you get to what we just read, it's talking about walking in wisdom. And wisdom tells you what the proper order is going to be. This is how you love each other. You have the proper order. You want to be wise in your order because that's how you imitate Christ. You imitate Christ by loving each other, and loving each other means seeking out to be, how to be holy. And when you do that, you start discovering the right kind of order, and that's the wise way to go. That's how Christ goes. And if that's how Christ goes, that's how we go. And so this wisdom tells you the proper order, and in that order, this is how the day-to-day -day work of loving each other. Um, oftentimes, what Paul does is he will make a general statement, 
and then he'll explain the statement. Uh, if you remember last time I spoke, we were talking about Romans chapter 1, and it said that the problem with unbelievers, uh, the reason why God's wrath is kindled against all unbelievers is because they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And then he goes the rest of the chapter explaining what on earth that means. Now he does the same thing here. When he says in verse 21, it says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So he makes this general statement, we need to submit to, our, to each other. What does that mean? Remember, he's talking to a whole church, right? And in that church, he expects submission to each other. And so he might ask, well, what does that look like? And it looks like this. It looks like wives submitting to husbands. He goes on to say that um, children need to submit to their parents. And it says that servants need to submit to their masters. And that's how that submitting to each other is going to look. Well, I want you to notice verse 20, where it says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you remember last time I spoke, I was talking about what makes us absolutely, totally depraved people. And I tried to make the argument, it wasn't just that we do a lot of bad things, those are the fruits of our depravity. The heart of our depravity is that we don't give thanks to the Lord and we don't honor Him. It literally is the worst thing you can do. And when you do the worst thing you could possibly do to God, you will do the worst possible thing to each other. And so here again, we are reminded to give thanks in all things. It's interesting he would say that just before he, said, he started talking about what submission means and who submits to whom in a marriage. But I think what we have done in our preparing for marriage is that we have forgotten that dating is getting prepared for this order, getting prepared for what's coming. What's coming is a picture of Christ, and you will have the privilege of showing a picture of Christ and the church in a marriage. In May, May 8th of this next year, we will, my wife and I will be married for 25 years. That means I'm old. But it also means I might know something about marriage. Now, it's true, a lot of people stay married for a long time and they're terrible at it for a long time, so that could be the case too. But I want you to listen to what I'm saying because I am uh, probably the most guilty of being the worst person when it came to dating at Bob Jones University. I wasn't a domineering person, um, that took too much energy. Um, I was more of the child looking for a mommy. And my passiveness was disgusting. Um, because my thought of what marriage is supposed to look like was not on my mind. It wasn't until I met my wife that I realized the weight of what we're actually doing. See, until then, until I met my wife, dating to me was how do I 
find someone, and I would never say this out loud or on a quiz, of course, but what I was really looking for was someone that would gratify my, my desires. And that's why young men oftentimes can see someone they want to ask out and know nothing about them, but stalk them cyberly to find out more about them, right? But what we see, we automatically start thinking about how that person can gratify me. And a marriage, and it is not a surprise that most American marriages, although no one's going to admit this, are being held together to the moment of matrimony as to their desire for gratification of each other. I want you to imagine what it's like to start a relationship in which all your desires, fantasies, and needs are thrust upon another person to fulfill those for you, and if they don't, then they're failing that your happiness is cast upon another person and they need to make you happy. In fact, what you find is most of the romantic statements from movies like You Complete Me, I know it's old, you probably don't even know what I'm talking about, um, or other song lyrics are actually hateful things you can say to someone. Because what if they fail at completing you? What if they fail at making you happy? I love you because you make me feel what? What if they stop? And they will, by the way, because we're humans and we end up doing terrible things to each other. So what I want you to see, especially, um, let let me show you some things. First, let me speak to the young men. And I know some of you young men don't want to be spoken to. You probably say, why do they always beat up the guys? Why are we always beating up guys? And let me tell you why, because we expect the leaders to let the the buck stop with them. Are you going to be a leader on campus or are you not going to be a leader on campus? If you want to be a leader on campus, you don't get to be uh, like Adam and use the excuse, but the woman, right? Talk about lack of leadership. That was Adam's answer to God when he said, why have you sinned? He said, but the woman you gave me. You need to be anti-atoms, right? Real leadership begins with accepting responsibility so that things can change. So men, let's remember this. You are to love your wives in verse 28 and 29 as you love your own bodies. As you love your own bodies. You have taken care of yourselves, almost all of you. Uh, have taken care of yourselves today, you have combed your hair, done something to it, Um, you have made sure that you are uh, dressed the appropriate way, you you want to attract someone to you, Um, most of you, and I'll tell you this, you take care of yourself all the time and you are careful with yourself. You want to protect yourself from shame and you want to protect yourself from harm all the time. But instead of loving women, loving a woman, or thinking about marriage as loving a woman as I love my body, what we end up doing as men is we love our body more than we love the woman. And so what we end up doing is trying to dominate the woman, 
especially in our dating life, so that they will give us what we want. Because we love our body, not them. We love what, what can be supplied to our body. We love our gratification. And so what some men do is they will push the young ladies towards sexuality through texting, through pushing them to want to try to get them to send them pictures or whatever it is. And let me tell you this, young men, if that's what you're doing, and if, even if you think that's kind of funny, you know what? Maybe this place isn't for you. I mean, if that's the kind of person you are, the kind of person we're looking for at Bob Jones University are men who want to be like Christ, not men who are trying to pressure women into degrading themselves so that you could have a little pleasure. Number two, in verse 25, it says that men are to love their wives in giving themselves the way Christ gave, them, gave himself for the church. This giving provided salvation. This giving protected us from hell. This idea of providing and protecting. You know, there was a creed going around campus about, about what makes a good man. And I know that there were some young ladies that were insulted by it because there was like one line that said that, Men should be a protector of women. And I know that's just terrible that, uh, that someone would say such a terrible thing. Um, but, uh, but biology is real. Uh, muscle mass is different in males and females. And so, you know, one day physical protection is good. But what about protecting young ladies in the dorm? Have the young men on this campus thought to themselves, how do I protect the young ladies on this campus in the dorm when someone wants to gossip about one of the young ladies? When gossip begins, young men, are you saying to the other guys, stop, I don't want to hear about it? Are you protecting the young ladies on this campus? Stop talking like a bunch of old ladies in the dorm to try and degrade some young lady because they said no to you or they don't think you're as cool as you think you are or whatever it is, even if they're the worst human being on, on the earth and have done terrible, terrible things. Let's not gossip. Wouldn't it be amazing if the young men stood up on this campus and said, I'm not going to gossip in the dorms or anywhere else about the young ladies on this campus. I'm going to protect them. But instead, what we do in our dating life is we make the young ladies vulnerable. And let me tell you something about the dating life. The dating life tells you the patterns that are going to follow you right into your marriage. Things don't get better. The red flags don't become less red when you get into marriage. Everything gets worse and, uh, if, if you have red flags. Otherwise, everything's great. I made marriage sound terrible, didn't I? I'm sorry. Okay. If you look at verse uh, 26 through 27, it compares a man loving his wife the way Christ loves the church in that Christ cleanses the church. He washes the church with the water of the word. Young men, 
do you think about the fact that one day the holiness of your wife will be on your shoulders? That one day you need to lead your wife into holiness. Do you think you're going to start doing that at marriage? Why would you lead the girl you are dating into um, sin? Because you desire it when you should be leading her into holiness. In other words, what we end up doing, and this is something I've noticed with a lot of young men, how far young men go physically with their girlfriend is completely up to the girlfriend, is what I have found. How far she lets you go is the line. When young men, you should be drawing that line long before you ask anybody out and be the leader in the holiness in your relationship. Otherwise, you are acting like a little child trying to get what you want until mommy lets you. It's pathetic and sad, but many men go into marriage pathetic and sad. It takes a lot of work to be a real man. It takes a lot of work to be a real man in a dating relationship. Ladies, let me speak to you for a moment. Please do not fall for the feminism of today that will redefine all the terms and re-exegete all the verses of Scripture so that you don't have to be led by a man when you get married. Um, I was able to teach uh, logic for many years in the public colleges and universities, and there is a real use to the, to the phrase, um, the exception proves the rule. The exception proves the rule is very helpful because what it does is it helps us understand that through logical uh, principles, there are still nuances and complexities that have to be dealt with while maintaining the uh, principles of logic. Unsurprisingly, uh, our, our country has rejected logic. We don't even require logic until, uh, we don't even offer logic until college in most, in most universities. And even then, it's, a, uh, it's if you want to take it. I mean, if you want to know what thinking is like. And so, no one in America really thinks about logic, so we have moved from the exception proves the rule to the exception revokes the rule. And this is the exegesis of feminists who comb the Bible for any kind of exception they can find in, in headship in marriage or in the church and say, see, the rule doesn't apply anymore. We can revoke it. It's the, it's, it's the worst logic ever, but if it's what you want to hear, Right? It becomes so refreshing that we have gotten all these passages wrong for 2,000 years and a feminist figured it out in the 21st century. Aren't we lucky? Do not fall for it. There's even feminists out there that are trying to stretch the Hebrew of, of Genesis uh, 1 through 3 to say very bizarre things. If you know Hebrew, it's a joke. But most people don't know Hebrew, so it sounds very sophisticated. This idea that male headship didn't start until after the fall is the new one out there, by the way. The, the defense 
is ridiculous. Young ladies, don't try and find bad logic in order to make yourselves, to protect yourselves from bad men. There's a lot of bad guys out there, but date thinking, is this the kind of man I can respect enough to submit to? If you are dating a young man right now and you think to yourself, there's no way I'd submit to that guy, then break up. He probably won't change. So break up and find a guy that you can respect enough to say to yourself, I can respect this guy. I can see myself submitting to a guy like that. Date that guy. Young ladies, don't protect yourself from bad men through androgyny. God made you female. Embrace your femaleness. Some of you have been hurt terribly by bad men. And sometimes we try to protect ourselves from other bad men. Embrace what the Lord has done for you by making you who you are and love it. Be thankful for it. Women, don't protect yourself by seeking out harmless children to date. There are lots of guys I know that are still figuring out what it means to be a man. There are guys that have fully embraced being a child. We live at a time where we are encouraged as men to be children. We are, we are encouraged to have man caves, which is just a room that I can still be 15 years old and watch TV and play video games till mommy calls me up for supper. No offense if you have a man cave. <laughs> but all this, the world we live in keeps encouraging men to be children. You need to seek out men who have said no to this world and wants to be like Christ, the most manly man that's ever lived. And young ladies, don't protect yourself with gossip. Sometimes gossip makes you feel protected from the harms of men. Don't fall for it. Everyone, love authority. The authority structures God has given you is a way for you to be better men and women so that you can honor him in a, in a marriage one day. Men, you should be seeking out mentors in church. Your church is not a place to feed you on a Sunday evening. The church that you go to is a place that you need to be serving. Seek out older men and see if they will mentor you. Young ladies, seek out older women in your church and see if they will mentor you. Titus 2, man, if we had churches that actually cared about Titus 2, wouldn't that be something? Imitate God by embracing the authority structures that God loves. God loves this authority structure in marriage because it, it mirrors his love for the church. Leadership, men, is how we love our wives, not how we dominate them. Submission is how we respect our husbands. If you look at the last verse, in uh, chapter 5, it tells women to revere your husband. If you're going to revere them, this is what we're looking for. I'm saying all these things because this probably brings up a lot of questions in your mind. You're probably thinking, okay, he didn't cover hardly anything, and there's not a lot I can cover in 20 minutes, but I'll tell you this. Come tonight in Lecture A, 
bring your questions, ask them anonymously, and we will do everything we can to answer them directly and clearly for you because we love you. And I'll tell you this, if you listen to what we have to say, you will have a wonderful marriage that will be filled with work and hard times, but it will be beautiful because it will mirror your Christ and His church. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for this time we have. Lord, we pray uh, that You would help us have the humility to think on Your Word and accept what You have to say, Lord, not what I have to say, but what Your Word has to say. Lord, I pray for these young people. Lord, help them to become strong men and strong women who will glorify you in their marriages, Lord. And we ask these things in your son's name. Amen.